Theology for the Rest of Us is brought to you by Blue Sky Missions. Are you an individual looking to go on a mission trip? Or a church leader wanting to take your group overseas? We all know that planning mission trips can be tough. Blue Sky makes it easy. Learn more at blueskymissions.org. You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Welcome back to another episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz. Thanks for listening. And thank you to everyone that's been downloading the podcast, subscribing, and leaving reviews. It has been awesome. Uh, The success I've seen so far has been way more than I thought I'd see at this point. I've only been in existence for all of 10 days, and uh, the podcast has been in the top five on iTunes in the uh, Religion and Christianity section under New and Noteworthy. At last check, the podcast was right in between Craig Groeschel and Father Robert Barron. Right, so we got one of the leading evangelical leaders uh, in our nation and the preeminent Catholic theologian in our nation and theology for the rest of us and Kenny Ortiz right in between there in the top five. Really an incredible honor, very humbled, and the success this podcast has seen is is because of people like you. So thank you very, very much for the reviews, for the subscriptions, and I hope to continually produce great content that is valuable and insightful uh, for all of you. So thank you again. So today I'm going to dive in and tackle a topic that I've been asked about many, many times, and that is, what about the separation of church and state? And what people are often getting at is simply the question as to whether or not it's appropriate to use your religious beliefs to help govern how you vote. So let's respond to that. Someone says to me, Kenny, you should not be using your religious beliefs to decide how you vote. Or if someone says to me, Kenny, we can't be using your religious beliefs as the foundation for our legislation because there's a separation between church and state. How does Kenny respond? First, I say... I want to remind us that the term separation of church and state doesn't appear anywhere in our founding documents, not in the Declaration of Independence, not in the Constitution, none of the articles or amendments, nowhere in any of the original legislations or the state constitutions, nowhere does that appear anywhere. It's not a belief upon which our nation was founded upon this idea. There must be a separation of church and state. So if it's not in the Constitution, where does it come from? where it comes from a letter written by Thomas Jefferson in 1801. In this letter, he was encouraging or speaking to the Danbury Baptist Association. It was one of the Baptist denominations in Connecticut. And they feared that a different denomination was trying to become the official religion of Connecticut. And he writes a letter to address that. And he basically says, of course, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically says, if a a church and a state got together and tried to make that a reality, then the Supreme Court would come in and and strike it down as being unconstitutional. He was basically telling them there is a wall that's been erected between the church and the state to prohibit one religion being lifted above the others as the official religion. Basically, they wanted this denomination to be the official denomination. And if that happened, what would potentially happen happen is that other people of other religions or other denominations would face some form of persecution or legal action. There'd be some consequences if you were not a part of the officially sponsored religion of whatever state you lived in. And Thomas Jefferson made it clear, that's not appropriate. That is a violation of the First Amendment. 
And it was in that context that Thomas Jefferson says there's a separation of church and state. It is in the context of a state government trying to infringe upon the rights of people. He lays the foundation very clearly that the Constitution is to protect the people from the tyranny of the government. The Constitution is not designed to protect the government from religious or moral people. People are often citing this, I believe, because they want a secular society. They don't want the Bible being the moral foundation. And people are saying, we don't want your moral foundation. But here's the reality. We all develop our politics based on our moral beliefs. All of us do. And all of us, in, es in essence, are legislating morality. You may hear that, particularly secular progressives will say, you can't legislate morality. You're trying to pass laws to force people to be moral under your moral code, and that's wrong. The reality is we all do that. Right? It's not just Christians doing that. I'll give you an example. There are people in our nation that believe that it is immoral to have people be poor. Right? There are some people that are promoting socialism because they believe it's immoral for some people to have a lot of money and for some people to have nothing, and that it's moral for everyone to be equal. Well, they have a moral code. They have an ideology that they have developed. And now they are trying to push legislation and policy that is in line with that moral code. See, all of us have a moral code and all of us are pushing legislation and policy based upon whatever moral code we choose to live by or we have chosen to accept and embrace. I just happen to have chosen a moral code that comes from the Bible because I believe it's God's word and I believe that God's morality, in his opinion, is the best foundation upon which I can build my moral code. You see, it's not about religious persecution. It's about whatever your moral code is. And all of us are going to vote in accordance with what we believe to be right or wrong, or most of us will in most cases. So if you believe that stripping a woman of the right to choose an abortion is wrong and immoral, then you're going to fight for legislation and policy that is in favor of abortion, right? If you think that I'm wrong by saying a woman can't choose that, then you're going to, you're going to push for legislation and policies, but that's your belief. That's your moral code. And I have a moral code as well. We just have a different source for our moral code. We have a different worldview, but nowhere in the constitution are we told that we're not allowed to use our moral code. Whatever your moral code is, you can use that. And I am also am free to use whatever moral code I come up with. The First Amendment guarantees us the right to choose a religion. It doesn't tell us that our religion cannot inform our votes. The First Amendment of the Constitution of the United States of America tells us that Congress shall make no laws respecting an establishment of religion or impeding the free exercise of religion. Like that, that's what the Constitution tells us. The Congress cannot make any laws respecting the establishment of one religion over the other. So Congress cannot say we are a Baptist country or we are a Lutheran country or we are a Muslim country. And Congress cannot pass any laws which stops you from believing your religious beliefs, whatever you choose to believe. That's what the Constitution guarantees. The Constitution doesn't say that I'm not allowed to use my moral code and my morality to influence how I vote and how I develop my political beliefs. In fact, our nation is based upon a religious belief, a moral code. Like the, like the Declaration of Independence says 
that we are endowed by our creator. Like, like the reason why the Declaration of Independence was written is because a bunch of people got together and said, we believe that our creator has given us certain rights and the British Empire is violating those rights. So we're going to revolt against you and start a new country where, where those rights can be guaranteed and protected for all peoples. Like the entire foundation is a moral belief that is based upon a religious ideology. Like the idea that there is a creator who gives people rights. Like there's not just a creator, but there's a creator who has a relationship with humanity in some way that he has endowed humans with certain rights. That's the very foundation, the very fabric of our society. The entire framework of our nation is based upon a moral code that is informed by a religious belief. The idea that I can't use my religious beliefs to govern and inform how I develop my political ideologies flies in the face of the very framework and foundation of our nation. The Constitution is clearly designed to protect people from the tyranny of the government, not vice versa. The Constitution very clearly states that the government cannot do this thing to infringe upon the rights of the people. Nowhere in the Constitution is it stated or even implied that human beings and people cannot use their religious beliefs to govern and inform how they develop their political beliefs. Quite the opposite is actually true. There was actually an expectation that people would be using their religious beliefs to develop their moral code, their code of ethics and morality upon which legislation is built and developed. Now, we all have to have a moral code. All of us will have one in our lifetime. I just happen to believe the Bible is the best source for a moral code. You are welcome to develop your morality on whatever source you believe is best. And you're welcome to fundraise and promote and vote for politicians that believe as you believe. You're, you're welcome to do that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's allowed in the United States of America. And I love that about our nation. I think it's awesome. I have a right to use my religious beliefs to inform and govern how I develop my policy, as do you. Now, it just happens to be that I have chosen the New Testament to be the source of morality, and many of our founding fathers also chose that as the source of their morality. I'm not saying that all the founding fathers were Christians and all devout in their faith. In fact, I think history shows us quite otherwise. But many of the founding fathers acknowledged that the teachings of Jesus was a great place to start, at least, in the development of our moral code, upon which our legislation is built. Let me, let me tell you what Thomas Jefferson says, and he's kind of the, the liberal darling. From what we know, Thomas Jefferson was not a devout Christian, at least in the way that we would call a Christian today. He, he did seem to have some belief in Jesus. We're not sure fully exactly what he did or didn't believe. But he said this, we all agree in the moral precepts and obligations of Jesus. Thomas Jefferson is saying that the teachings that Jesus set forth is a great place to develop our morality. We, we like the moral precepts that Jesus taught. So if we pass laws that happen to be in line with the moral precepts that Jesus gave us, our country's probably going to be okay. That was Thomas Jefferson's opinion. Let me tell you what Ben Franklin said. Again, Ben Franklin, not someone who was a devout believer from my understanding. In fact, there was a letter he once wrote where he actually made it very clear that he doubted the divinity of Jesus. Like He wasn't sure if Jesus was actually God. But in that same letter, Ben Franklin says, I think the system and morals of his religion that he left them and the way he left them to us are the best the world ever saw or is likely to see. 
Ben Franklin, making it clear. Listen, I don't know if I believe in Jesus as a God or not, but I'm telling you, his teachings are awesome, and we would be good to base our morality upon his teachings. It's a pretty powerful statement. It becomes clear and evident to me that the founding fathers were using their religiously informed moral codes to develop their ideologies and how they approached legislation. It's clear that they were using elements of religious belief as they were, were developing our nation. And so the idea that I can't do the same, again, is absurd. The Constitution is very clear. It's designed to protect me from the tyranny and persecution of the government. It is not designed to protect the government from me. I think it's clear, both as you look at our history and you look at the founding documents, that not only are we allowed to use our religious beliefs as we developed our, our you know, political beliefs, but we're actually expected to do that. I want to give you one quick resource if you're interested. There's a great book called The Words of Our Founding Fathers. It is edited and compiled by Steve Kaufman. It's basically a bunch of great quotes and speeches from our founding fathers. They will include all the ones I read on the podcast today as well as many more. There'll be a link to that book in the show notes on the website. Thank you for listening to this episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. I hope it's been helpful and insightful. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Kenneth Ortiz. That's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. Our intro and outro theme music has been I'm Shipping Up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us. Climbing up the top sails, I lost my life.